Welcome to another episode of Brew Roots. I'm Erica. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that tells you the stories behind your favorite beer. Each week we take a look behind the scenes at the craft beer industry. Hi, this is Jared. And Liz. Thank you so much, Jared and Liz. That because was great. I, that's one of my favorite intros. Uh, yeah, and hey, welcome to another episode. Hello. It might sound a little naked this week because our counterpart, Eric, is in Machu Picchu. Uh, Everyone just send her, like, like I hope you do well. She is literally... She's repping Brewroots over there. <laughs> she is, but she's literally, as we speak, hiking Machu Picchu. Like, who the hell does that? Erica does badass and her and her guy guy and her guy guy so uh yeah. good luck i know you guys will be listening to this episode when it drops later today ha. Ha, ha. but more important stuff we're here ryan right here right now and happy belated birthday by the way thank you very much for those who didn't know ryan celebrated a very special 24th birthday yes 24 and how did we celebrate that 24th birthday ryan well we went to night shift um which I know that's where I go every year, yep. at least part of it. Um, I had a lot of their new stuff um, that they came out with. I think Craigerator was one of them. Yep. Um, I had the Nightlight. You, yes. you had give the me Give me shit, everyone out there. Um, what was that other one I had? I don't um, know, but um, I know. Good, fair, uh, goodbye, farewell. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. anyways, we always have a good time at Night Shift. Yeah. Uh, we then went to our this week's guest, Bone yep, Up. Bone Up. Which um, is literally 150 feet away, it feels like. Yeah, no, seriously. It was a nice little saunter after having a couple beers at Night Shift. Um, and I loved their beer i had the cream ale yeah you had the cream the name is escaping yep. me um i had the oh it's gonna come to me wasted life wasted life and yes. then uh after that we safely drove keyword safely i was not driving so i didn't care yep same <laughs> to notch to notch Salem, our Mass. other great friends yeah so um we had a really good time you had the, the loggerhead I had the loggerhead. I had one of the uh, the thing you had, the Rattler. The Rattler, yep. Um, and I had I had a few other ones um, that I haven't had before. At least I don't remember having them. Safe to say Ryan had a pretty rad 24th birthday. I did, yeah. So thanks to everyone of our fans that showed up for Ryan. We had hundreds. Literally. Literally. Not no, we didn't. We had a couple. No, no we, cool. had a, we had a few yeah. people. Yeah. Um, but it was really funny at uh, Night Shift. Tell, you, tell your story. All right. So, yes, this is a plug for our sponsor shirt. I saw on tap. But this truthfully did happen. I was standing in line and I was wearing my Prost shirt, which has a goat on it. And somebody was like, yo, is that Tom Brady, dude? <laughs> I was like, no, it's not Tom Brady. It's not Tom Brady. But good, good call because he is the goat. You are right, sir. Um but uh, I was like, no, this is actually funny that you mentioned it, a company that our podcast is sponsored by, uh, Shirts on Tap. And he's like, that's sick. That must have cost so much money. And I was like, well, funny enough for you. <laughs> um, and I'm not kidding. Like, the guy was like, you'll do it. Like, that, that's a sick shirt. So I was like, yeah, man. So it's $5 to sign up if you use our promo code, Brewroots. And he's like, yeah, but how much is it after, dude? And I was like... Only 18 I was bucks. like, 18 bucks. I was like, I guarantee if you go into Night Shift, you cannot get a shirt. For less than twenty five dollars. Yeah, I don't remember how much. I know the hat was probably like twenty. That I yeah, got, but it's know. still um, it's such a good deal, and it helps actually breweries that are across the country. So it's yeah. not just 
you know, your local breweries, which trust me, like support your local breweries. I am all for that. Hundred percent. But um, this is a good way for you not to have to travel and support some breweries that are across the nation. So if you are interested, uh, we have a blog post on our website about shirts on tap, which will give you a little bit more information. But other than that, um, find out for yourself by going to www.shirtsontap.com and use the promo code BREWROOTS for your first box for $5. $5. Yeah, it was just so funny. They got, yo, is that Tom Brady? Like, come on, man. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no that's, um, that's the uh, uh, Ben Waters goat. The yeah. Goat. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. Though. It wasn't. No, which is a, don't get me even going on that one. I love that that beer, too. Yeah. So... But, um, um, so you have some great news. You've already contacted them. Yes. But please share who won our Brewo tickets for Ryan, this weekend. I know that you can add a drum in post. So add a drum right now. So our winners, uh, we are giving away a pair of tickets to Brewo. You've heard it on previous episodes, and we want to thank everyone that supported that tagged people we got a ton of followers and we got some really good engagement from it so i'm so appreciative of that we are going to be doing more festival giveaways this summer so don't get discouraged if you didn't win there's plenty of opportunities to win in the future especially in the summer especially in the summer um so our brew woo winner for the afternoon session which both ryan and myself will be attending yes we will is deb roy nice thank you so much deb for participating and our evening session winner is Ed from gothops.blog. And we know Ed because we met him at Public Kitchen. We did. Yes. yes. It was a great, great time. Yeah. He did a good job gathering all us. So uh, enjoy a weekend of drinking on us or an afternoon or evening drinking on us at Brewu. And we'll see you guys there. And if you guys catch us in the crowd, uh, make sure you come by, take a picture with us, uh, give Ryan a high five. Or just slap him, whatever. No, I'd prefer a high five, to be yeah. honest. I, I have a long day ahead of me after I leave there. Yes. So. I would actually encourage all of our listeners to drop a DM to us, encouraging Ryan. Like, just say, Ryan, you got this. He's going through finals, and anyone that's ever it's gone not through just final finals, dude. All right. It's like finals, three shows, a concert, and finals, and then some. And then doing brew roots. And then some. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just leave him some words of encouragement because that would mean probably the world to him. It, it keeps would. him going. It keeps me going. But I think that uh, what usually discourages me <laughs> is part of the episode is the dessert beer. Yeah. Um, I got one in front of me. Uh, it's called Midnight Snack by Three Taverns. Okay. Um, where are they? Out of Georgia, I think. Yep. Yeah. So, apparently, we got chocolate, cherry, hazelnut, coffee, milk, stout. Which sounds great to me. I think that sounds disgusting. So... It's it's the cherry that throws me off in there. Everything else I can get behind, but the cherry in that, my opinion, doesn't belong. But right. let's see. All right, Ryan, give it a good crack. Those microphones just make a crack sound. So good. Yeah, because it goes beyond 20K. Yeah. Anyway. Doesn't smell awful. Here's the moment of truth, though. Nope. 
Nope, not a no, fan. Not let a me fan. Uh, let me give you a second opinion. Do you want to talk while I'm trying this about the beer that we're having for those Game of Thrones fans out uh, there? Yes, we are having the Mother of Dragon beers. Uh, what? Who? Who made that? Um, Omni Gang, which Omni I Gang. might I might be butchering it. Butchering it, yeah. But it's all right. It happens. Uh, so this was their variant, and yes, we're getting on the Game of Thrones track. I love Game of Thrones. I so, love it too. Yeah. So whatever. It's it's only gonna be the people who don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this stuff, but great. All right, so it's just not me. Yeah. You taste that like really bad cherry sound like taste to it. I just like, taste the really fake everything. hazelnut flavor, and I hate hate I hate hazelnut fake flavor. Yeah. All right, drain pour. Sorry. Yeah. We never I never act like that either. Drain drain pour though. Um, it's yeah. the only beer review that we do. Correct. Which is a great segue, Ryan, because we are going to be doing beer reviews. Well, we aren't. We're not, but we are supporting the means to find beer reviews. That's correct. So, Erica, a couple weeks ago, had the pleasure of meeting Dave. Dave. Dave from Dave's Beer Report. Yes. And uh, they were at Cambridge, Cambridge Brewing Company, which if you have not been, incredible. I don't I've actually not been there. We will change that on Saturday before Brewu. Before Brewu. Before Brewu. Okay. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so what Dave is doing is he is giving honest but objective beer reviews. So he is still going to be, um, he kind of is going to promote what we are doing as well. So he's going to try to say, for example, if we are interviewing Brewery X, he's going to try to do a beer review to line up with Brewery X. And it's going to be... Um, an honest beer review. Yeah, no, that's he. He does a really good job, yeah. especially. I mean, his writing's great. Yeah, and he's really honest. He always he always roots for everyone. Yep. But he will say, you know, this is what I think doesn't make a great beer. Correct. He's very honest about it. Um, objective is the word I think yeah, I would objective, use. Objective, yeah. And I really do appreciate that. Um, it was very important for us, myself, Erica, Ryan, to keep the integrity of what he is writing. So meaning that we did not want to alter any of his writing. So what he sends us, I do a quick read through, just look for any grammatical errors, and if I and I, I don't agree with it, I still post it. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. because I want to keep things rocking and rolling. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Dave. You can find Dave's uh, beer report on our website, brewroots.com, and it will be available for your enjoyment. Yeah. But also just make sure you follow Dave at. Dave's Beer Report on Instagram to yeah. see other reviews because yeah. he's just he's not just doing stuff for us. He's doing stuff for himself and, you know, for his followers. Yeah, so um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So for Beer and Wine Hobby, what's really kind of cool because we're going to be going to Brewu, right? I bet you a lot of people, when they started what they were doing, had absolutely no clue. Yeah. But... We know how you can learn just like they did. How, Ryan? You can go to Beer and Wine Hobby, and if on their website, you can get 10% off of anything, pretty much. Um, classes, um, any of the equipment, yep. um, using our promo code BREWROOTS. BREWROOTS, there we go. Um, and they're, they're pretty local around here, so it's very easy to get to. Off of pretty much every major highway. Yep. So it's off of 93 and 128, yep. uh, which is 95 
really, but yeah. we won't get into details. We will not. Um, but yeah, support Beer and Wine Hobby because they've been so supportive of us, and uh, I've learned a ton of stuff from them, and their staff is so knowledgeable and friendly, and they ship stuff really, really quickly to you as well. So if you're not in the New England area, don't worry. They can ship it to you, and it's affordable. Yeah, and it's stupid fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's faster than what I'm dealing with right now with a company that I'm not going to speak about. Oh, no. Yeah, it's an audio company. But Oof. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we got to get next. we got to get audio company sponsors. We should. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Ryan, we have Liz and Jared. Liz and Jared from Bone Up. Everett, Massachusetts. Yep, right down the street from Night Shift. Yep. Um, very but, cool tap room. They just opened up. You're going to hear in this episode... Um, they're talking about a new part of the tap room that was, is, was under construction when we were talking to them. But when we went there on my birthday, it it's is completely, done. yeah, it's done and it looks amazing. Like we were walking in and there was this bartender, um, that I've never, like, we've never met before. I'm like, bro, there wasn't floors here last time, <laughs> you know? So that was really cool. Yep. And I'm, I'm really happy for him cause it looks great. And Liz is an active member of Pink Boots, yes, and we love to support Pink Boots any chance that we get. Yep. Um, so, without further ado, our episode with the amazing Liz and Jared from Bone Up in Everett, Massachusetts. Ryan, take it the hell away. Cheers. Cheers. Ryan, it's just me and you tonight. You won't hear Ryan's audio. We took his mic away. He's not allowed to have a microphone this week. That's all right. We are here. What'd you do? Ooh. I talked when I wasn't supposed Yeah, we tell him to. It's, it's, a, it's an inside joke, but Ryan talks a little. And we say, shut up, Ryan. I don't know. It's We think it's funny. I'm sure nobody else thinks it's funny, but. Like every inside joke ever. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Um, and if you didn't know by the information we've given you thus far, we are in Everett, Massachusetts on what's becoming not known as Santilli Highway, but pretty much Beer Highway or Alcohol Highway at this point. I mean couple breweries on here and we are at bone up and i'm here with jared and liz thanks for uh taking some time out of your day to do this our pleasure hello hey um so we start our podcast every episode by asking uh your role here at the brewery and uh your first memory of beer oh man uh first question's easy uh we do most of a little bit of everything um brewing bartending janitorial work keg deliveries uh Marketing, marketing, design, design, writing the blog, more God cleaning, <laughs> mostly cleaning. Mostly yeah. cleaning. We are janitors, and we just clean up after the yeast. But yeah, short, short version. Owners, operators. And are you guys married? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. I just didn't know if you were brother and sister or married. I figured married, but I didn't want to be like, oh, so. yeah, brother yeah. and sister would be a new one. Yeah. No. But uh, so married. Yes. Co-owners. That's awesome. And uh, first memory of beer. first memory of beer i honestly can't think of it like yeah it wasn't really around when i was growing up um i mean i i guess my first memory with beer um my dad really liked belgian beer and sam adams uh, blue moon we'd have around the house growing up um i mean my first adult memory with beer was probably a bud light in college to be honest but i switched to the good stuff pretty quickly Jared's got a pretty good moment of beer awakening story, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, the reason I got into beer in general is um, because of waffles. Oh, um, 
Uh, when I was 18, right after I graduated high school, me and a friend of mine took a trip around Europe, and I insisted on going to Belgium because I wanted to eat waffles. Turns out there's nothing to do in Brussels other than eat waffles and drink beer, and I discovered West Mall Triple at some point during that trip, and light shone down from the heavens, angels were singing, and it just it com completely changed my life. What about the waffles? The waffles were great. <laughs> Absolutely worth the trip. The beer was a side benefit. <laughs> So, uh, what was the original plan for you guys? Obviously, you didn't tell your parents growing up, I want to open a brewery with my future wife. That would have been some pretty impressive foresight. Yeah. Uh, Very focused. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I want. Yeah. Um, I was a computer programmer. I originally, my, like when I picked that major in college, just wanted to make video games, kind of didn't want to get into that industry, and then... I mean, immediately prior to this, I was working for a coupon website, which is every bit as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> Liz, what about yourself? Um, I went to school for graphic design and illustration uh, with the goal of working for a comic book company. Like, I wanted to draw comic books and illustrate them. Um, and I got into craft beer in college and ended up deciding that I'd love to do design or marketing or something for a local brewery. Um, I didn't ever, I never realized that I'd own one with my future husband. Um, but out of college, I started working in graphic design, uh, mostly startups around the Cambridge area, designed identities, did stuff to pay the bills and started home brewing when I was about 22, 23. What was your uh, first step into the your industry you said you started home brewing at 22 did you start home brewing or uh yeah i've been home brewing since basically the minute i turned 21 um i started working in a homebrew store um basically because i was there so often he figured he might as well pay me to be there um and then just kind of took the leap into professional brewing um moved up here because i got a job at a real brewery and then just kind of started making steps towards opening my own so let's talk about life a little bit before bone up what what's your experience you work for a coupon company, but what other breweries did you work at? Uh, I moved up here because I got a job at Harpoon, so I was there for about a year and a half. Um, and then, I mean, that's it in terms of uh, professional brewing experience. I moved on to a beer bar after that. And the idea was that I wanted to open a brewery and tap room, and I figured I should work at in service and in an actual brewery so I could know how to do it. Um, this is the first brewery that I've worked at. Um, I said I. Jared and I homebrewed together for years before this. Um, I also worked at a beer bar, uh, the same one Jared worked at. That's how we met. Cool. What was the uh, first beer that you ever brewed? Here? Or, no, in general. In general. Um, I mean, the first beer I ever brewed was an IPA from a can, and it was garbage. <laughs> um, the first homebrew memory I have, it may have been the second batch that we brewed together, um, but it was what is now El Pulpo Stout, which is on tap here. It was a oh, yeah. chocolate orange imperial stout. Ooh, it was a, phenomenal. It was a day in February like this, actually. It was, like, unseasonably warm. Um, but that's that's my first homebrewing memory. So, Jared, do you remember a moment in time where you said, I don't want to work at a coupon website place anymore. I want to I wanna open a brewery. What was that moment like for you? Like, uh, When did you know that craft beer was your future well before i even started at the coupon company it was um i was living down in dc and i actually don't know i had i had some other desk job and i it just the desk life wasn't doing it for me um and when i was bored i would just look up brewery job openings i don't i don't remember there being any epiphany it was just it was what i like to do in my spare time so i figured i'd just do more of it 
So you guys are located in Everett, right down the road from Night Shift, yep. and right down the road from the distillery, and a bunch of places, actually, at this point. Why did you guys choose Everett? Uh, when we started, write, or started writing our business plan, we looked at basically everywhere that had available suitable size space within 50 miles of where we were living at the time, which was in South Boston. Um, so we were looking down to Norwood. We were looking... Um, Lawrence. We, I did Acted. look in Lawrence. Yeah. Um, that was before I knew Lawrence's reputation. <laughs> um, Still and, no breweries there anyway. So. Yeah. Um, and Everett just kind of had that little magical something uh, that we like to call cheap rent. <laughs> um, but basically, like, there aren't a lot of spaces that are the size that we're looking for and within our price range. Um, so it was just kind of... It just kind of worked. There's a lot of old industrial buildings here. This place used to be an industrial laundromat. Oh, wow. Yeah, Metro Linens. Yeah, this whole building was completely gutted. No water, no power. Um, well, there was, like, one weird, creepy light bulb in the corner. But, like, none of these walls were here. It's just, like, one giant 25,000-square-foot warehouse. And we are just like, I mean, it's shitty, but we can build it out mm -hmm. to whatever we want it to be. Um, the city was also stoked about the idea of having another brewery open up. This is when Night Shift was extremely, extremely young and Idle Hands was still in right. Everett or they were like making the move to Malden. But they were just like, we've opened up a couple breweries before. We know how to help you. Like, we want you here. And that was great because some of the towns we looked at were just like, you want to do what? Right. Yeah. We, we, we called up the, uh, we're, we were actually strongly considering Norwood and we called up City Hall and we we're like, what do we need to do to open a brewery? And they said, oh. <laughs> Like, Castle Island's doing great now, but it took them well over a year to get their tap room yeah. open once they started brewing. And, yeah, not jealous. Do you guys remember coming in this, this space for the first time and saying, this is the space? Or were you like, oh, shit, I hope this isn't the space? Or uh, It was pretty rough when we first looked at it. Um, we actually looked at the... You, you, uh, first looked at the unit on the other side of the building where CrossFit is now. Thank God um, we didn't go with that. Yeah. Um, it was basically just a big empty unit there's a piano in the middle of the floor for some reason um but it was one of those things where it was just like yeah i know that we can make this work um wasn't like my dream unit but also at the time the parking lot wasn't paved and it was surrounded by a chain link fence with barbed wire and so much garbage and garbage and like we now have a nice concrete patio but that was a wooden loading dock that was actively decaying and had raccoons living under it so I'm glad it's nicer now. It sounds like you guys have been the force of change kind of in this area along with everyone else that's in this area to kind of spruce it up. It's cool being part of that. We yeah. absolutely love it. The neighborhood has been affectionately called the Fermentation District yep. um, by mostly us, but hopefully some other people. Uh, when we signed our lease, actually, Night Shift wasn't in their location that they are now. So we thought it was just going to be us and the peanut butter factory. And we were just like, whatever, we're close to the city. Like, it's fine. And then Night Shift moved in a week later. And then we got an email from the guys who own Shorepath. They were just like, hey, we're opening a distillery around the corner from you. We have the same landlord. Let's grab a beer. <laughs> and the neighborhood was born. Yeah. It's been cool to help clean this up and see it come to life every weekend, just knowing what it was like four or five years ago. Yeah. It's so much better. And I'm so excited for what happens in another four or five years yeah we've talked to some um people that, that grew up around here and they're just like yeah i remember like if my mom found out that i walked home through that neighborhood she'd make me throw out my shoes <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story yeah. so you're are you local to the dc area did you grow up in um i actually grew up in connecticut okay. i was in dc for school okay. and 
What about yourself? Uh, I also grew up in Connecticut. I moved to Boston for college, and I just never left. Um, you know, I got a job right out of school, and then I bounced around a bit. But it's home now. We yeah. met here in, in Boston. Let's talk about the Boston beer scene, or even the greater Boston beer scene. Uh, what's something that you would use to describe it? Hoppy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Do we say that with a positive connotation, or do we say that with a, I hope it maybe goes towards, because I count on the board, three IPAs? We have two IPAs and a pale ale. And a pale ale. So that's awesome. I applaud you guys for doing that. I think that's an incredible thing to do, especially in a world that is hop crazy. Uh, Hops are great. Um, we actually buy about 50% of our hops from a farm here in Massachusetts, which is cool. Um, we love to embrace local ingredients, but the Boston beer scene is pretty homogenous. Like, you have a lot of your hazy IPAs, and there's a couple breweries out there doing cool things, but for the most part, there's not a ton of variety. And that's something we really try and focus on at Bone Up. We have a three-and-a-half-barrel system, so it lets us do lots of cool, wacky stuff, like lots of different styles. Um, so I don't know. I think we have one of the more diverse menus. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. In the area. I mean, having a farmhouse ale, and then you have a triple, and then you have an amber. I mean, yeah. you really can. Got to show all the colors, love. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Boston beer scene. We get along with pretty much all the breweries around here. Uh, we even had a kickball league that we ran last summer. It was just all industry. We'd meet once a we'd meet every Monday and just get drunk and play kickball. It was great. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of great people making good liquid in the city. Um, we're happy to be part of it. It certainly was not existent 10 years ago when I first started drinking craft beer. So. A lot of the, a common, common uh, word we hear is community. Do you guys agree that the community in Boston is strong, or is it something that could get more love? I, I would say it's strong. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, we have a Facebook group where all of the brewers talk together. Like, if you need 50 pounds of grain or, you know, your hop order didn't come through, you just post to that. And most people are really good neighbors. Like, we delivered a bag of lactose to a local brewery a couple weeks ago because they're going through some management changes and orders just didn't show up. And we did that knowing they'd do the same thing for us. That's, that's a good thing because you work in a tech industry, and I'm sure Apple and Samsung aren't, you know, oh, I don't have capacitors. Here's some capacitors. You guys can run us out of business, you know? Yeah, that seems unlikely. Beers, it's just different. Right. No, but it's cool. And I think that embraces the whole idea that everyone wants is to build community in their own tap space and then beyond. Um, so I think that's cool that the Massachusetts scene is doing that. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I think it would be a lot different if you had more... Um, if you had much larger breweries around here, like we've got a couple giants yep. in the Boston area, but for the most part, everyone's everyone's independently owned. Everyone's, you know, about 10 to 30 barrel brew houses. We're not out to cut each other's throats. Like we're here to coexist. Like if everyone makes sure that their piece of the pie is good and they're taking care of everyone else, like everyone benefits from that. Yeah. I think people want to believe that there's a great community behind beer and it's, it's real. Yeah. yeah, that's good to hear. Let's talk about the space that we have here. So you're on, what did you say, uh, 30 barrels? Three and a half. Three and a half, okay, yeah. It's very small. Yes, three and a half. Um, so are you guys doing any sours or just what's going to be, what's what's being produced here? A um, couple answers to that question. Um, so, I mean, we're, we tend to do pretty straightforward, like Belgian and American styles. Uh, sours are, like the kettle sours that are, 
pretty popular right now or something that we can't do because of equipment limitations. Um, we're starting a small, like, funk program, like Brett Aging and stuff like that. Um, and, well, that stuff takes forever, so God only knows when it's going to be out. But we've, we've got it in the works. Okay. What would you say the beer Bone Up is most known for? Most known for? Probably Key Lime. Key Lime. Let's talk about that. I'm drinking Key Lime right now. It is a white ale. Um, when, who, who invented the recipe? Um, I mean, all of our recipes tend to be pretty collaborative in the development stages. This is one that started out when Liz and I were homebrewing. Um, basically, it was made with, like, with starting a brewery in mind. Like, at the time, every menu had a fruit beer on it of some kind. And we were like, all right, well, we, and we kind of didn't like a lot of them. So we we're just like, all right, let's make a fruit beer that we don't hate. Set the bar super high there. And then <laughs> we, we brewed it and put it on tap at home. And that keg was gone in like a week. Um, so it, it was a winner. We've we've tweaked it a little bit for our system here, but it's pretty true to what we started with. Yeah, it's fruit beer. Still tastes like a beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a Belgian wheat base. We add lime to it. There's a little lactose in there for some tang. Uh, we modeled the grain bill after like a graham cracker pie crust. That's yeah, it's, uh, it's so it's for like all the nonsense in it. It's a pretty easy drinking, straightforward beer. You guys have a lot of session beers here, right? I mean, we're, we're we try. That's good. Is that on purpose? Was that something you guys had in mind originally, or that's what we like to drink? Um, the way I usually say it is, I like the act of drinking, but I don't always want to be particularly drunk. So I, we tend to focus the menu around things that you can have two or three of and not be completely legless. Like our menu right now is probably stronger than it, it's been in a while, but that's not. These are dark, cold times. Right. You need a <laughs> <Yeah>. triple. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, as a general rule, we like to make stuff that you can have a bunch of. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, just sticking true to the variety that I mentioned earlier, like our menu right now ranges from 4.3% to 9%. Um, and I mean, our goal is just anyone who walks in here should be able to find a beer that they'll be happy with. You guys have some pretty interesting names for some of your beers. Um, it's the best part of the job. Can we talk? Yeah, can we talk about that? Like, how do you go into naming a beer? Does the name come first or does the beer come first? Uh, it depends. Yeah, it varies beer to beer. Um, some of them are just terrible inside jokes. Um, some of them are spite. Um, some of Ooh, the names. more. <laughs> some of the names are pure laziness. Yep. Um, like Key Lime. Key Lime. Or, um, There's no other beer named Key Lime, though. Or if there is, it's like. Not a, that I know of. Right. Not locally, anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, or like. There's one beer that we made, and we, we had to change the name of it because it ended up being um, having the same name as somebody else's beer, but uh, the grain bill was Oats and Honey Malt, and we like when we were just writing recipe development notes, we'd abbreviate it as OHM, and then we just never bothered coming up with a real name for the beer, so that's what made it onto the menu. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, turns out there's another brewery pretty nearby that makes a beer named Ohm, and they didn't really like that we did that. Yeah. It's okay, so, we worked it out. Yeah, yeah they, they were nice about it. We added a Y to the end, and now it's named Oh My. Um, let's talk about the name Bone Up. Why are you guys called Bone Up? Um, so we started with our logo, um, and since this is Did a podcast. Did you design the logo? Uh, so Jared made the initial sketch, but I took him and cleaned him up a little bit. She uh, made it look good. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a skull with a mustache. His name's Horatio. Um, he's our. He's basically become our mascot. He's like, you know, Horatio is to Bone Up as Eddie is to Iron Maiden. Okay. Um, very good reference. I appreciate that more <laughs> than you, you can even explain. I love it when people understand that. Yep. 
Um, anyway, we, uh, we started with the logo. We wanted to build a brand around that, something unique, something that we could trademark. Um, we had a working name, but ended up not being able to use it. What um, was that name? Uh, okay. Bonafide. Okay. Uh, There's but, a winery in Michigan that has that name, so we yeah. couldn't use it. So is that choice one? That was choice one. Yep. Um, bone Up was choice number two. Uh, we just basically went back to the drawing board, and we were like, cool. Well, Bone Up means to learn more about something, to brush up on a topic. And since Jared and I could just talk for hours about beer, we loved to get nerdy about it. Uh, we thought that was a great name for the brewery. Yeah. Short, simple, easy to remember. Yeah. That's, a, that's very cool. All right. So we, are, we have Doom Rider in front of us. Liz so kindly poured. Talk about that. I want to hear a little bit more about this. Um, so Doom Rider is a barrel-aged farmhouse, and... Um, it's, it's actually one of the first barrel-aged beers that we put on the menu, I think. Yes? Yeah. Probably. One of the first. Um, and the way we do barrels here is something that took us a little while to figure out. Um, so we use smaller format barrels, like most barrels are 55 gallons or so. Um, but we don't have the machinery to lift those all that easily, so we go for the smaller ones so that we can pick them up with hands. Yeah. Um, the thing is that you get a lot more concentrated barrel character from the smaller format barrels. So if you just drink the liquid that comes straight out of the barrel, it's rocket fuel. It is, like, burns your nose hairs off. It's not good. Um, so we realized that what we had to do was blend it down with unaged beer. Um, so, like, Joyrider, which is our barrel-aged triple, that's just Joybringer. That was aged in a rye barrel blended with regular Joybringer. Hmm. And Doomrider, um, that's Joybringer. Part of it is Joybringer that was aged in a wheat whiskey barrel and, like, regular Joybringer. And we felt like it still need, was missing a little bit little something so we blended in a couple other beers that we had on tap so this is actually four three four it's three beers three different beers that are that were available at the time so like there was um, not going to give away the secret of the third beer but like that's why it's a little bit on the tart side is because the beer ended up being like a little bit the third one was a little bit tart that's awesome um, and since we discovered that we could well since we realized that we could blend a couple of different things that's what we've been starting to explore in our barrel program is do less like this is one beer that was aged in this in this barrel and more like this is a blend of three or four different things um like we had a beer called serendipity oh um, serendipity and that was a ginger farmhouse that that came out of the barrel and we were the day that we were blending it we put a lot put a keg of it on tap and there was a uh Imperial Stout. Yes, Imperial Stout called Springtime Lies that was on the draft line, and like we had to bleed that out to be able to get to the barrel ginger farmhouse. We just saved that glass of the stuff that we bled out of the lines and tasted it, and that ended up being better than what we had oh, wow. in, intended to put into the kegs. We're like, let's just do this why one. Would you, yeah, why would you mix Imperial Stout and ginger farmhouse? Turns but out it it's amazing. This <laughs> <laughs> is one of my favorite beers we ever made. So when you guys do something like that, how do you reproduce that again? Is it, is it Sometimes difficult? Sometimes you don't. You don't? It's just yeah. yeah. Um, you might not be able to replicate that exact barrel character. Um, like, we write everything down, and we track all of our barrels. Um, but, like, in the case of Serendipity, like, we'll never get that specific peach brandy barrel again. And the Imperial Stout that we blended in with it was actually um, kind of like a kitchen sink beer. We just had a bunch of miscellaneous grains and some stuff that wasn't labeled properly. And we were like, well, we can't use this for anything else. Throw it in the stout. Mm. So we couldn't replicate that beer again, if, even if we wanted to. Right. Yeah. We sometimes you just embrace the uh, embrace the rare barrel beer and just be like, "This is great. We have ten gallons of it. Enjoy it while it's here." Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's. But most of the stuff we could replicate if we wanted to. Yeah, we usually know what we're putting into yeah. beer, with the exception of springtime lies. 
and half of our good. <laughs> so let's Tops. talk. Let's talk about the uh, the tap space here. Um, it's a it's a it's a cozy setup, and it's thanks. It's nice. It's uh, it allows people I feel like to hang out, have a good conversation, but you still kind of have that one on one interaction if you want. Yeah, we kind of set out to try and make the sort of place that we'd want to drink at, and we we like to be comfortable and we like to just hang out for a while. And um, we did everything we could to just kind of make it a place where we'd want to just come in and be for a session. Yeah, like whenever we go out, we prefer to sit at the bar. We don't always like need to need or want to interact with anyone other than each other. But I like the act of sitting at the bar. It's where the action is. So we knew we wanted a really big long bar. Um, and it's nice to have that option. And it's nice to have the option. And we went with tables that are painted with chalkboard paint, so you can sit and draw on them. Like, I love to draw. I love to doodle. Um, and I didn't I even like notice to, that. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so you can just draw on the tables. You can play, like, tic-tac-toe or hangman, or you can yeah. just make something cool. And it's just a nice way to pass the time with a beer in your hands. Um, we have a ton of board games, you know, to keep people entertained. Or if someone brings a kid in, like, they've got something to do other than, like, scream for a juice box or whatever. Um, we decorated this place with art from our house. Um, and it's a collection that's just grown over the years. People bring us stuff. People draw our logo for us and so you know, cool. donate paintings and stuff. Um, we've got arcade games if you want to do something a bit more loud and flashy. Yeah. You guys have uh, some kick-ass trivia coming up. you got <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter trivia. trivia. Yeah, that's cool. Futurama trivia. Yeah, that's neat. Futurama trivia hosted by our notary. Hosted by our notary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bonhoeff has their own notary. I mean, get on their level. <laughs> I, I wish that actually made us sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about the time, the first time you saw maybe your logo in the wild, someone else wearing it? <laughs> um, I don't remember the first time, but one of my favorite stories is when my dad was driving home from visiting, my parents were driving home from visiting us here at the brewery. They live in central Connecticut. They stopped at a rest stop on the Mass Pike and saw one of our stickers on the back of someone's car. And like a suburban dad, my dad just patiently waited next to the car until the people came back so that he could tell them that it was our brewery. That's cool. Um, and then he called me from the rest stop to tell me the same story I just told you. <laughs> Shut <laughs> ten up to times, your dad. Ten times longer. I think the first time I saw our logo in the wild was just somebody driving down the street, or like as I was driving, I saw somebody walking around, and I almost pulled over to give them a high five. Um, <laughs> but I figured that might weird them out. Yeah. Um, also, at one, and this wasn't us, but at one point we got a Facebook message from somebody that was just like, hey, I work at the research station in, at McMurdo Station in Antarctica, and somebody's wearing one of your t-shirts here. Oh, really? I have no idea who it was. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah, we've gotten some fun Facebook messages from people um, out in the world. Like, one time my sister called me from a BrewDog pub in Scotland because she ran into someone wearing, or someone recognized her bone-up hoodie. Oh, wow. And turns out the person that recognized it was someone that Jared and I knew. And, of course, these two people are halfway across the, the world, world yeah, drinking in the same bar. Um, small so world you, sometimes, yeah, yeah, you never know where, where Horatio is going to travel. <laughs> a lot of times um, people use untapped, of course, right? Mm -hmm. How do you guys uh, siphon through some of the noise on untapped to either A, get some... We don't use untapped. Okay, so you yeah. guys don't look at untapped? <laughs> nope. Nope. That's good. Okay, cool. Um, I totally get why people use it, but it's just never something that we used personally. And not, I'm not asking if you use it personally, but do you guys look at untapped reviews at all? No. No? Nope. No. So how do you guys gather feedback? Obviously, untapped, I don't think is the best 
tool to gather feedback, but how are you guys gathering feedback for your product? We listen. Yeah, a lot of it's just direct. Like we talk to people at the bars, who people like, um, see what people are ordering. Um, like we do a decent number of like in-store tastings and stuff like that. And like, that's actually a pretty good source for direct feedback from people that might not be seeking us out. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're offsite, you don't have the advantage of having the taproom experience. So it's just the, it's just the liquid. So you guys are in distribution, correct? A little bit. A little bit. Um, we're self-distributed, which is apparently super uncommon in Boston. <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's just us and Jared's Volkswagen Rabbit. Um, we have about I don't know twenty or thirty regular draft accounts. You can find them all on our website. Um, I can't list them off the top of my head. And then we distribute our Crowler style cans to a couple small bottle shops. We know we'll, we'll keep them cold. They'll sell them quickly. But 90% of our beer just goes right through the tap room. So we get to know a lot of our customers, which is important to us. Like going back to, you know, talking about community. Mm -hmm. it's just, isn't that the point of making beer is being able to, you know, hand it over the bar and see the face of the person who's drinking it? Yeah. Has there been information that people have given you that may have changed a recipe or? Um, yes and no. At the very least, it it's helped guide the way we talk about things. Um, like we've learned that if we, if we list an ingredient in the name or description of a beer, then that ingredient needs to be very prominent. Like we made a, a milk stout with a, a small, small amount of black pepper and chili peppers, like had like the slightest tingle of heat to it. And the feedback we got all the time was, I was expecting this to be spicy, why isn't this spicy? And so, you know, I that beer tasted the way we wanted it to, but if we, if we say up front, like, this beer has chili peppers in it, it's got to taste like chili peppers, mm. stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's where we're going with that. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? More. <laughs> More of everything. Yeah. Um, so we've expanded production twice since we opened in mid-2016. Um, about a year ago, we took over uh, the unit that's next door to us, and we've been slowly building that out over uh, the fall and the winter. We're very, very close to opening up another half of the taproom, which will essentially double our seating capacity and give us a lot more opportunities for cool events, classes, workshops, private parties, stuff like that. Um, and the brewery itself is now double what it used to be, which is great. We went from microscopic to regular tiny, but still, it's a big deal for us. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, thank you. Um, so hopefully we'll be we'll be rocking at full speed at some point in the spring, but we want to make sure we do it right. Mm. Out of your pace, if it works for you guys. Yeah. Is there any plans to can and distribute further or? Uh, short answer: not anytime soon. Um, it's that's one uh, situation where a size actually works against us. Like a lot of small breweries will start canning by bringing in like uh, mobile canning companies, like yep. Ironheart, Ironheart the big yep, one. Yep. Um, uh, we asked Ironheart what their minimum is for a canning run, and they said 30 barrels. Yeah. And we said that's what we make in a month. It might take you might have to sit around for a little while and wait. And yeah. they, they, <laughs> they didn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, They've always been super nice, though. They circle yeah. back with us every couple months. They genuinely want to see breweries grow. They do. But. Yeah. Yeah. So if we were, if we were going to try and do cans, we'd probably have to contract it out, like um, you know, have brew it at somebody else's brewery and can it there, which is. It's not off the table, but it's not something that we're, like, itching to do. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally open to it, but it, we've been dealing with the expansion for about a year now, so we're mostly just trying to wrap that up and see how it works before we take another step into the void. Yeah. Is there something that you wish you could tell yourself with the knowledge that you know now when you were first starting? 
Oh, God. <laughs> I still know nothing. <laughs> Gonna let you take this one. I, I, I don't know either. I mean, I'm sure there is, but... I don't know. I, I really couldn't be happy doing anything else. Like, this is what we were meant to do. Um, and, I mean, there, there are obviously days that are harder than others, but this is the most rewarding thing we've ever done. I don't know if I'd, like, give any advice to my, like, past self other than just, like, just keep fucking going, do it. It's worth it. But I Hire never staff doubted for opening that. day. Hire staff for opening day. Yeah, we <laughs> forgot to do that. Get a dishwasher for opening day. Couldn't afford a dishwasher. Mm. Um, He's employee of the month every month now. Yeah, opening day we had <laughs> two staff members total, one, one, not two, not including. Us. Okay, yep. One was um, my sister. No, Nick and Ben were oh, working yeah, here. Nick and Ben were here. Yeah, um, and <laughs> we currently have eight or nine bar bar staff, which is much more reasonable. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, you know, they have day jobs. They work one or two shifts a week. But Liz and I were just working doubles behind the bar every time it was open, which is a little tiring. And we didn't have a dishwasher, so we we're trying also trying to wash. Hundreds of flight glasses by hand all the time. It ran, so really many, wrinkled so many hands flight and all glasses. That stuff. Yeah. So many flight glasses. All right, so I want to get to know you guys a little bit more. Uh -oh. um, what's in your What's in your fridge at home? Oh man, we got so much good stuff eggs, at home. Eggs mostly. Mostly eggs. Eggs are good. Eggs, eggs are, are great. I, I assume he meant what beers. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is? We have um, we have a bunch of fancy stuff from Allagash. Cool. Um, we just did did the industry tour there, so we, yeah. we picked up a bunch of their cool shit beers and their other funky stuff. Um, we were there last weekend. Awesome. It's incredible. I incredible love everything tour. about yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, usually a few Bone Up cans. Um, since we fill all of our cans every Wednesday, the Crowlers, we just fill an amount for the week and then sell through it. Whatever we don't sell by Sunday, we just let staff take home or we cool. take them home. So it's usually a couple like week-old cans of you know whatever yeah. we have on draft. Um, there's some really old Night Shift Barrel Society bottles in there that were given to us. Like uh, a friend of the brewery just gave us a case of like cool random stuff. Um, cool. She was moving and didn't want to hang on to it. Um, so there's some of that. We have all those aeronaut crawlers. All those aeronaut crawlers. A couple of people from aeronaut stopped by and brought us beer presents. Mm -hmm. We traded yep. them a barrel for lab work and we've been <laughs> trading beers for the last couple of weeks because yep. there's a bunch of stuff they want to try that we made and a bunch of stuff we want to try That's that the they made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's usually full of beers that just kind of come, that show up at the brewery. Um, people visiting from out of town will bring you beer from their brewery or, um, friends that we have will just bring us stuff from where they live. Yeah. It's usually just an assortment of real random stuff. Nice. Do you have a guilty pleasure beer? I mean, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is... That's not, not a guilty always, pleasure. Well, I don't know. What Your guilty, guilty pleasure, pleasure beer is Gansett. <laughs> That's a great guilty pleasure. I love Gansett. Yeah. Sweet and terrible, and I love it. Yeah, I'm more of a PBR guy, but yep. yeah, I mean, if I'm at a show, that's what I'm going for. Better or Guinness. Guinness. Yeah. Um, developed a taste for the Dell's Shandy over the summer. Oof. It was the only thing there. Yeah. I, get I actually really from like that. Whirlpool, too. <laughs> from also, not a guilty pleasure. Except that there are competitors. Except not really. Um, I don't know. I I like pretty much all beer. Yeah. Like, if it's there, I will drink it. But heavy, too, would be a guilty pleasure beer for me. I can't say no to them. When was the last time you had it, though? When was the last time it was offered to me? Ooh, Excellent a, question. Excellent question, yeah. 
When was the last time it was on? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the last one I remember might be when we were at Centarpios. Ooh. Oh, that great was like pizza five there. years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Speaking about pizza or food, what is the perfect pairing with beer? Which beer? You tell me. Um, dang, we, we actually do food pairings on our website for every beer that we make. And, and I, cheese pairings. And so who comes up with those? Um, Jared does. Yeah. Usually me. I yeah. usually just like drink the beer while I'm hungry and then just try to think about what I want. Okay. It's not a very scientific process. So I'm going to ask you three beers. Is that all right? Sure. Okay. So three of our beers? I'm gonna, no, I'm going to ask or you two of your beers. beers and then one random beer. Cool. Does that work? Sure. Might take me a second to think about it. That's fine. So Joyrider. Meats. Yeah, I was going to say, like, probably, like, beef stew. Okay. Or, like, carbonade. Okay. And then key lime. Mixed green salad. Fish like tacos. Some, or fish tacos. Ooh, yeah. You Carnitas win. tacos. Tacos. I want tacos. Tacos. Yeah. And then PBR. Hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wonder bread and bologna. Yeah. I mean, as a general rule, I feel like cheese is my favorite food to pair with beer. Um, yep. I mean, there's like infinite cheeses and infinite beers, so you could just totally go down a rabbit hole, but I don't know. Usually that's what I like to eat alongside yeah. a beer. Cool. All right, so we always ask this question as our last question, but oh, what are you guys most proud of? That is open-ended for a reason. I mean, all of it's a terrible answer, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, if we're going to pat our own backs, I think it's pretty cool that we built this awesome little bubble out of completely nothing. The circle of friends we have, like, the way our tastes have changed, and our complete lifestyle is so, so different than it was five years ago. And I don't know. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm, just, I'm just glad we get to do something nice for people and that people enjoy it and they tell us that. Um, like, that's, that's really the best thing. I, I am proud of this chicken trophy that I won last night, though. I won a wing-eating competition Whoa. at Lamplighter. Yeah. That's rad. So I'm, I'm really proud of that right now. But. Yeah. Jared, what about yourself? Oh, man. You I thought she was trophy. answering for both of us. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, I agree with her. Oh, damn it. We did it together. We did. Um, no way. We that is something done to be proud solo. of. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that. Cool. Um, I mean, if I... I'm proud of all of Jared's food pairings on the website. He writes up, like, a little bio for every beer that we've made, and it's been, like, 100 unique beers since Bone Up started, and Jared's written a little bio card for each one. It's pretty cool. Um, and actually, now that I think about it, like, in terms of production stuff, I'm actually really proud of our lab. We intentionally made a, like, really oversized lab for the size of the brewery that we have, um... It's for QA reasons? Or? Uh, yeah, QA, QC. Um, the final uh, frontier. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it's just like yeast management and cell counting and um, like microbio checks and stuff like that. But Do we, you run that or does, do you have someone? Uh, we have a lab assistant that comes in cool. for one, one shift a week. And so it's like between me and her. Um, but yeah, like we, we've talked to breweries that are 10 times our size that are just like, we don't. We, don't we have, have a that. microscope in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, trust me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. So where can our listeners find you? 
here. <laughs> the best place is right at the source in our tap room. Um, but we're on draft at a ton of places mm -hmm. in Boston, Cambridge, Somerville. We're always on tap at Mystic Station in Malden, um, pretty regularly at Red Bones in Davis, cool. Semolina, which is right outside of Davis. That place is awesome. More importantly, what is the physical location? Oh, I'm up? sorry. No, I no, misunderstood no. the no, question. No, 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 that's cool. Uh, the tap room is located at 38 Norman Street in Everett. It's right off the orange line, and it's open pretty much all day, Wednesday through Sunday. And where are you guys located on social media? It's just Bone Up Brewing across the board. We're Good. most active on Instagram. Um, that gets updated every day. Facebook gets updated almost as often. Twitter gets checked weekly. Yeah. Jerry checks the Twitter. We have a problem with Twitter, too. It's hard. I don't. I, hard, it's hard to keep up with Twitter. It's... I don't know if it's the best like uh, avenue for for beer, beer. advertising. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, like I, I prefer visual stuff, so Instagram is great, and Facebook is great for communicating with customers. Yeah. So cool. Well, thank you guys again for taking some time out of your nights to do this. We our appreciate pleasure. it. It's our Thanks pleasure. Thanks for coming out. No problem. Thank you for thinking of us. No problem. And until next time, cheers. 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 Hey guys, thanks for listening. I really appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to take a listen to our little old podcast. If you guys want to hear more episodes like you heard today, make sure to look at our backlog on your favorite podcast directory. You know how you can also support us? By liking and subscribing to your favorite episode, leaving a five-star comment, and how else, Ryan? Social media, Matt. That's right. So you can also follow us on Brewroots on all social medias. And until next week, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.